It had all been said. It had all been discussed, worked out, rehearsed, run through. They were drilled and practiced. They all knew their jobs. Talk expends energy, dissipates concentration, and subverts purpose. There would be time enough to banter and go over the bones of the robbery later. The suitcase was opened to reveal an array of tools for the job. The fitted carpet was soon cut and raised from the floor to expose parquet flooring. Thief number one took a chisel and a heavy wooden mallet from the case. A cloth was placed over the chisel's handle to muffle as much noise as possible, and the first blow was struck. The wood splintered. The hammer beat down on the chisel with the steady methodical beat of a metronome. At regular intervals, thief number two took a small dustpan and brush and swept up the splintered wood and crumbled masonry with all the care of a waiter decrumming a tablecloth. The three hours they had factored into the work were well calculated. Thirty minutes into the job and a clock-watching thief number three raised his hand for the hammering to stop. Thief number three then padded over to the window and cracked the curtain, just enough to see a uniformed policeman wander into frame. He was right on time. Doing his nightly rounds, he checked the store opposite, a fancy goods store selling calfskin wallets, pigskin attaché cases, gold-nibbed fountain pens, and other luxury accessories. Fancy enough, but not fancy enough to have metal shutters. Swinging his baton rhythmically and looking as though he had a tune ready to roll out on his puckered lips, he then moseyed over the road toward the men, or towards where the men would shortly be as soon as the whistling cop moseyed out of the scene. He tested the metal shutters with a cursory tap of his baton. Satisfied with what he saw, right on cue, the cop walked out of the scene. Thief number three gave the nod, and the hammering continued at the now gaping wound in the floor. Then came the sound they had been waiting for. Penetration. A thimbleful of rubble fell down below. But to the expectant ears of thieves, it was as amplified as a sack of rocks being dropped down a lift shaft. The tinkle-tinkle sound it made suggested it may have landed on one of the highly polished glass display cases— that in the daylight hours did such a fine job of showing off the diamonds, sapphires, rubies, and other finely faceted precious stones to such flawless effect. The three thieves, now flat on their stomachs, gathered around the hole like bees around a honeypot, looked at each other with cautious smiles on their faces. They were just that little bit closer. A square of paper tissue was taken out of a pocket and placed over the hole. There was a perceptible flutter from the draught below. The cautious smiles grew. A long, extendable rod was retrieved from the case, the kind you'd use for your drains and, oh, so carefully, with the explorative guile of a gynecologist, it was gently pushed through the freshly formed aperture. More rubble fell below. The cautious smiles dissolved on the tense faces as a fresh fear took hold. 
Although they knew that the falling masonry was small enough not to do any damage or make a loud and alarming racket, and whilst the job had been thoroughly cased, maybe, just maybe, there was a hidden trembler ready to ring out loud and proud like a speeding fire engine. But they also knew enough to know that every job is fraught with the unknowable. If it was that easy, every mug would be at it. The unknowable provides the fuel of adrenaline that thieves thrive upon. Once the opening was deemed wide enough, the next tool was brought into play. A gentleman's umbrella, purchased from the fancy goods store opposite. It was of the finest quality with its sterling silver nose cap and collar and polished hickory shaft, and it was strongly strutted to ward off the worst downpour. As an upside-down umbrella, it would catch the falling debris.